This Week in HPC. HPC now declared open. Plus, NVIDIA and D-Wave push the envelope. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening into another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org and on iTunes and Stitcher. Michael, This Week in HPC, it's our last week before we head off to Austin, Texas for the Supercomputing Conference, and we got a lot in the news this week. Yeah, there is. I mean, there was a, a lot of uh, basically pre-SC announcements that will be talked about a lot at the show, but uh, yeah, some some big ones. I think we want to start off with uh, what you sort of talked about in the in the tagline there. A new a new ecosystem is forming called Open HPC, uh, being uh, promoted or being managed by the Linux Foundation, the nonprofit that uh, promotes Linux and, and collaboration around that. Uh, and it's called the Open HPC Collaborative Project, and there's a lot of people that have signed up for it already. Right. This is a, a new collaborative project, as you said, at the website openhpc.community. According to the website, it says the mission is to, quote, provide an integrated collection of HPC-centric components that can be used to provide full-featured reference HPC software stacks. Now, as much as this is a, an open uh, community effort, Michael, a lot of this smells like it's got Intel behind it, right? Yeah. I mean, Intel is, is driving a lot of this, and they've brought on a lot of their partners and just a lot of the, the usual suspects in the HPC community, academic and vendors. Um, but yeah, Intel is, is behind a lot of this. And then that, that sort of uh, begs the question, what's going to be the shape of this thing, especially in, in relation to the open power ecosystem that is, that is now operating sort of in parallel to this? Yeah, you've hit the nail right on the head. I, IBM is kind of the primary mover behind Open Power and gathered its friends together. Uh, you know, uh, Mellanox and Nvidia and, and a cast of dozens of others to try to essentially take on the Intel-based uh, hegemony in the HPC industry. Now, this is Intel and its partners uh, putting together uh, a, a, their own Open HPC ecosystem to work on. Uh, their side of the software stack. And really, it, we've talked for years about lines getting drawn in the sand, and, and uh, here it is. Now you've got most of the notable um, vendors and many end users that are, are lining up on one side or the other. Uh, you know, the, the, the large system vendors are, for the most part, divided. There are a few uh, that are in both. These are theoretically open communities that you right. could join from either side side. We've got uh, Atos or Bull is is in both. Inspur is in both. Fujitsu uh, and NEC are in both. Um, and uh, and a lot of the major national labs are, are kind of on both sides. But uh, mostly you see organizations that are in one or the other. Right. I mean, significantly you see HP or HP Enterprise now, Dell, um, Cray. I mean, all these all of these guys are sort of big, uh, big Intel customers, and they seem to have thrown in their lot on that side. And, and of course, you you don't see the the open power uh, major partners like Nvidia and and uh, Mellanox, and uh, also missing from the open HPC is is AMD. 
Right. And we ha- also another wild card here is we haven't seen arm in either place. Right. So wither arm. Whereas, you know, are we going to get open arm next? Is, is that yeah. what's coming, do you think? I mean, that might be the next shoe to drop. I mean, that's, uh, you know, somebody needs to lead that. And there's no obvious choice at this point, except maybe arm limited itself. But, um, yeah, I think I think it's basically going to be the battle of the software stacks. And and like you said, the people are lining up and they're and they're circling the wagons. Well, you said an important thing here with regards to software. That that is notable because uh, among the participants getting listed right away in OpenHPC, uh, we notice a few names like Alinea and Ansys and Altair who have components on the software side, uh, MSC software to go a little further down the alphabet, not just rattle off the A's. But there there are important software vendors, both in the application side and in middleware, that are declaring as part of the uh, open HPC community. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, critical in driving the success of this going forward. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Software is the key. But, you know, we, we should point out that sort of the difference here in OpenHPC when compared to OpenPower is there's no uh, declared hardware for this. I mean, there's not even an open hardware like there is an open power. Basically, IBM opened up the power architecture. Uh, Intel is not doing that, and then neither is anybody else at this point. It's uh, sort of by default hardware independent, but I don't think it's going to work out that way. I, I think these... Uh, are, are going to end up being for for x86 platforms and maybe Intel platforms, uh, unless somebody else joins this ecosystem and, and and makes a play for a different architecture. Well, it's a really good point. I mean, what in essence is the openness of Open HPC? It's it, it is in contrast to the uh, Open Power license on the power side. So there's there's clearly two different philosophies or viewpoints going on here. And we were talking about the uh, software companies before. And another one I'm kind of looking for is where the storage companies are going to line up. Because when you start talking about the data movement in in these different ecosystems, I think the the storage companies are going to have something to say about it. Uh, DDN is a a member of Open Power, but a lot of the other big names we don't see on either side. Yeah, and and you think they would. I mean, part of the software stack are these I.O. libraries, I.O. services, and and the different parts of the Linux distro. So somehow, and then even the some of the fabric management, some, somewhere here they're going to have to address file systems and storage. Michael, this is something we've been looking forward to for years, and now that it's here, I think we're going to be talking about for years the effect yeah. of uh, on the community of open HPC, open power. And as we start looking at a lot of the other product announcements as they come down the pike throughout the next week through supercomputing, we're going to be looking them in the context of these uh, open collaborative efforts and, and who's on whose side. Uh, you know, we're, We've had some other product announcements that are already out that we're going to delay talking about to a future podcast. Bull with their Sequana supercomputers. Mellanox uh, has some uh, big announcements around their uh, switch fabric and co-design. So, you know, there are going to be things to talk about, and we'll look at them in this context. A few that we might be able to leap into before we get to the show. Let's let's start with uh, some new products from NVIDIA. Yeah, NVIDIA had actually a very interesting announcement uh, this week before the show. They announced actually two new Tesla products that are now the Maxwell, based on the Maxwell GPU, something they haven't had in the Tesla line before. Remember, they're all, they're all up. 
Pascal GPUs, and they were going to basically skip Maxwell and, and go right to the next level. I'm sorry, Kepler. They had Kepler GPUs, and they were going to go right to, to Pascal in uh, 2016. But here's two Maxwell architecture GPUs, but they're not aimed specifically at, at traditional HPC. These are aimed at machine learning, uh, at training deep neural networks, and then and then sort of running those those things in production or running the uh, the processing in production. They have two GPUs. One's the M40, which is a, a big honking GPU. It's like seven, I think it's like seven teraflops single precision for the training side. And then for the production side, they have something called the M4, the Tesla M4 GPU. And that's sort of a low power, small form factor GPU that can go into these hyperscale servers uh, since it, it, it would fit into these sort of cut down uh, infrastructure in those servers, and they, they run the uh, the production side of uh, things like streaming image, streaming image and video processing, small form factor. I mean, the machine learning, uh, the production side of that. So. Uh, Two very interesting GPUs that I think they're expecting to get a lot of traction out in the, in the hyperscale space. Well, yeah, this machine learning and, and hyperscale is something we've been talking about increasingly. We know it's an area that NVIDIA is particularly hot on. Uh, machine learning is, is more, it's, it's a very exciting application. It's not a huge application by revenue right now, but it does have a great potential in terms of the uh, the transformative effects it could have industry-wide on all kinds of other applications if it really gets going. So it's definitely one for the watch list uh, for these technologies of the future. This this machine learning category really could be the innovation of the next decade. Yeah, it is. I think NVIDIA in particular is seeing this as a growth market. They're, they're looking at, uh, at the year ahead and down the road as, as you know, Double or triple digit increases in in revenue from from this thing as the as the uh, market for these uh, these applications grows. Let's get one more in as a kind of a standalone that I think we can talk about now without having it in the context of everything else that's coming next week. But this did catch my eye that D-Wave has another customer. They've sold a, a system with over of over a thousand qubits to Los Alamos National Labs. Yeah, and that's sort of coincide with the with the announcement of that new system. This, they're calling it the, uh, the D-Wave 2X system. That's a thousand qubit systems. I don't even remember what the former qubit number was on their, their other system, but that's that's the most they've ever had. It's obviously going to be much more powerful from a, a quantum computing point of view than what's out there in the field. And, and yeah, news that uh, DOE Lab, uh, Los Alamos National Laboratory, uh, became the organization to pick one up. There is a little bit in this press release that feels like a, a bit of a lark, almost like we're buying this system on faith. They're not really specific about of all the applications that Los, that's run at Los Alamos National Labs, where they think the greatest promise is for quantum computing. And uh, other than you know, we, we think we need to go this direction. We've seen the Denard scaling come to an end. We we need new architectures out there. We're a lab that can take this on, so we're going to uh, get a quantum computer and start testing things. Do you, right. do you think it's it's like that, or is there something specific they have in mind? 
Well, I mean, if there's something specific they have in mind on the security side, or maybe they wouldn't be apt to tell us. But, I mean, they, they run also on classified codes there, and the DOE labs in general, even the the, uh, the NSA labs, they, they have a lot of different applications that are run uh, that are not necessarily... Uh, have much to do with uh, you know nuclear weapons simulations and and you know we all know DOE labs they, they like to experiment with different architectures they also you know outfitting uh, neuromorphic computers they're looking at arm systems looking at all sorts of architectures and they're they're trying out uh, you know their their large array of codes on it to see what makes sense so it doesn't uh, it doesn't surprise me in that sense I don't think they have a specific uh, nuclear simulation type application in mind for this thing, but but maybe they do. Maybe. Uh, nuclear doesn't seem like exactly the right fit to me right away, but if the government gets to a point where it says, you know, there might be something to this quantum stuff, we'd like to put it into a secure defense facility and start trying things so that yeah. once we're ahead of it, we're going to have it in a, in a, in a defense uh, lab that we, uh, or defense-oriented lab that, uh, that, that we can classify things as necessary. That does make a lot of sense. And, you know, the, the bottom line is it's a nice new win for D-Wave, uh, you know, it's 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 another uh, high-profile customer that's that's going to throw in and say we're going to see what we can do to get quantum computing to work. Yeah, I think uh, D-Wave is slowly building its street cred as as it sort of accumulates some of these high-level uh, customers, and depending upon you know the output of those experiments, uh, you know, it could be could be a very good thing for D-Wave to to get some traction in the in the greater part of the market. Well, Michael, we've had tons of news, as we thought we would, leading up into supercomputing. You and I are about to get on airplanes. We'll meet the rest of our team there, Chris Willard and Laura Siegerval. I hope our listeners will be able to join us at our SC15 networking reception, which is Monday afternoon, 1 to 4 p.m. at Bangers, 79 Rainy Street, around the corner from the convention center. We're also cornerstone sponsors of the Beowulf Bash Monday night at Fair Market, so after the gala opening, if you'd like to party with us some more, come on over there. That's a great open community party. Speaking of things in HPC that are open, uh, really the whole community is open. It's got lots of sponsors to it. It's a vendor-neutral party. It's really a great celebration for the whole HPC community and a great way to start off supercomputing week. Uh, that's going to be a, a fun start to the week ahead, and I think we've got a couple of podcasts in our future, huh? Yeah, I think we do. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about at the show. There's a lot of different uh, wheels in motion here. It'll, it'll be uh, challenging just to encapsulate it all, I think. Well, I'm looking forward to it as always. I look forward to seeing you there, partner. And to a lot of our listeners, I, I hope we see you there too. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to see you in Austin. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 